Hello and welcome to episode 25 of season 4 of the Three Amigos. I'm Don and I'm joined as always by my Amigos, Mars and PJ. Say hello guys. Hello. That's, How are we doing? That's it, Marzi. On cue, <laughs> on cue. So yeah. yeah, it is, it is. Even by your standards. Yeah, um, our Amiga Kylie is hosting her local AA Zoom meeting tonight, so unfortunately couldn't make it. Um, as always, we start our podcast with a brief review of the game week that was Blank Game Week 29. We're all enjoying a bit of our international break break at the moment um, before putting it firmly in our rearview mirror and moving on. Top Amigo last week was myself. I have the pleasure of saying uh, 71 points on my free hits. So um went quite well. Uh, Kane, Captain C, uh, or Ka- Rafinha, Captain C, I should say. Sorry, no, I actually forgot. It's so long since the game week, I'd forgotten who I captained. Rafinha brought in a nice few points for me there. Lacazette did well. Lingard did well. Um, I didn't, unfortunately, have the Trossard that um, a lot of people did have, but have to be very happy with that. Um, and another green arrow. Um, I believe, PJ, you're next on 60 points, is it, Net? Um, tell the listeners a little bit about your game week. Thank you very much. And obviously, there are rumours that Kylie has not shown tonight as a result of the success of my Trossard campaign. Shame, shame, yeah. Which was, um, which was just about the only thing successful in my game week. But, but you know, one of those um, weeks where a captain's success glosses over the rest of it. So... Um, you know, yeah, 60 points, but but eight of my players contributed a mythically poor 13. But Trossard, Captain, and uh, Rafina and Bam Bam got nearly 50 between them. So um, that meant that I, I kind of scraped to uh, to what was ultimately a, a very decent score and quite a low-scoring week. Mm. Uh, Kylie was third then of us with 52, so she was 56 minus the four. Marzi is... He's been our best amigo all season, but he had the worst of us in game week 29. Marzi, 46 net, uh, 50 minus the four. Um, is that all you want to say on it, or do you have any details to tell the listeners? Forgot it existed. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, PJ, there are some managers who are doing a lot better than us, and they are at the top of the three amigos classic league. How about you tell us all about um, our top five? Yes, the top five, which features um, a couple of uh, names you'll be familiar with if you regularly listen to this uh, pod, and a couple which I'm already staring at in mild horror from a pronunciation point of view. But anyway, number five is Sky Player and FPL, Paul. Number four, Slumdog Mingley, Jonathan Strack. Number three, new entry, is Stanhag United, managed by Dag Inga Stanhag which I'm going to guess is a Scandinavian, almost certainly Norwegian name in origin. Up to number two off a whopping 82-point week is Greenwood Studios. Greenwood Studios? Not getting that. Natish Ray and our leader, our ever-present leader, Martial Law, Daraja Reddy. Excellent. Um, yeah, Martial Law is having one hell of a season. Marzi, um, I know you had a bit of a bad game week, but it's been quite a while since the game week, so I'm expecting your Marzi rant to be quite a calm one this week. No, absolutely not. Nothing to do with the game. I don't mm. care if I have bad scores. Shit happens. What I care about 
is you go out, you know, it's it's internet. Everybody's saying this game is doing my head in. I need a break. We get an international break. You think right? We're just gonna, you know, like chill. No, let's go into luck versus skill. Let's go and show our EOs who's got the bigger EO. Let's go and start debates about what would you rather win FBL or be shit at FBL. Guys, have a break for the love of God. Like, do something else. Have a break. FBL is coming back. You're going to have nine weeks of it. Chill. Relax. Mars out. Is this just because you weren't in my inner circle? I was not in anyone in a circle because I have stepped back out of the field. <laughs> I was, it shows how crap it was. Um, no, I, the inner circle is probably the least bad out of all of these things. Oh my God, there was... I, I do agree, I do agree. I do, find it, I do find it hilarious. I, I, I mean, obviously I've, I've been tweeting a lot during international break. But the thing is, I, I've not really been tweeting that much about FBL. I've been... I've been tweeting about music and, you know, my usual kind of... Yeah, and this stuff. But these, these huge, like, these huge fantasy football kind of, yeah, analytical kind of arguments that have taken place amongst <laughs> considered elites of the community as well have, have been just bizarre. Yes. Yeah. You know. And threads, from the first day, two weeks later, you've got a game and people are already banging out threads about stats and who's your captain. I'm like, I don't even want to know. Like, mm. I've got two weeks to free my head of this, as much as I love the game. Sometimes it gets a bit too much when you, and especially the way it is week after week and the mm. drip of games, and people will be complaining about that. So you'd think, as much as we hate the, the break and we take the piss sometimes, people start talking about biscuit wars and chocolates and what's your favourite <laughs> this and what's your favourite that. Yeah. Like, take a break. In, yeah. Talk rubbish. Well, I, I want to add on a bit to your rant as well, Marzi, because... One thing that's kind of irritated the hell out of me, and not not in a bad way, because I go what you know whatever whatever floats anyone's boat, I let them away with it unless they're harming anyone else. But the the argument between people about whether where they some people seem to be getting annoyed that other managers are too conservative or are what was the word for it not brave enough in their selections and. I, my reaction was going, it wasn't like going, well, is it true? Is it not true? It's going, why does any manager care about what, whether another manager is brave in their selection or not? I literally don't care whether... Hilarious, isn't it? Uh, it's, it, but it became a huge debate, and I went, what? Like The, the whole point of it, it's, it's, wor- it's worse than the look versus skill debates. It's worse than the flipping cracker toppings one. Hundred percent agree with you. It, you know, like it, hey, conservative managers want to be conservative because that's what they like. Take a risk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if PJ wants to captain Ross Barkley, you laugh at him and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, come here. Let's let's uh, let's move on with our topic of the week. And um, the international break, of course, allows managers to catch their breath and prepare, prepare for these final nine game weeks. Uh, Marzi, come to you first. To give us a rundown on what we know in terms of fixtures. I know things are a little bit up in the air in terms of the rescheduled Villa-Everton match and also even the blank that's coming up like for City and Fulham in particular. But the fixture list, the fixture ticker is a little bit all over the shop. Um, what is our man Ben Crellin saying? Yeah, exactly. Our man Ben Krillin, and I'm just reading one of his tweets, to be honest, because the answer is we don't know. Nothing has changed much yet because nothing has been announced. They've announced um, schedules and um, cup games, but none of the 
games that have been carried over. Now, one thing for, we know for sure, Aston Villa and Everton have got this game that they need to play at some stage. They don't seem want to play each other. It has to go somewhere. We don't know where. However, according to our man, Mr. Mr. Ben Krillin, uh, Tottenham versus Southampton is, is another one of those games that could, be, that could move to game week 32. Now, game week 32 is, I believe, the game week uh, just before the cup final giving Spurs a double game week and Palace a blank game week, okay? Or they move Southampton versus Crystal Palace, moves to game week 32, and nobody blanks or doubles. So this this is all we know right now. It's not, it's not a lot. Um, but the FA Cup semi-finals uh, have been announced. Uh, TV companies can now decide what they want to schedule, fixture, etc., um, and we, we, some of the game. The, the thing is, with game week 32, uh, which is the 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 the, the FA Cup uh, game week, um, you could have them in the midweek, so there might not be any blanks, etc. So you, you you'll have the cup on the weekend and then the the Premier League uh, midweek. Now, obviously, the other thing that we know is uh, City and Spurs uh, have the Carling Cup. Uh, Cabuero Cup final in 33. So both of them would be blanking. Nice one, Mersey. With that in mind, our roundtable discussion tonight is very simple. Which teams are we high on for these remaining weeks? PJ, you've done a bit of hashtag research. Hit us with it. Thanks, Don. I have the um, uh, I have a fixture ticker up in front of me, and that is the uh, sum total of the research that I've done. So I will be ad-libbing this as I, as I go along. And I think one of the things that instantly kind of stands out is looking at the teams, first of all, at the kind of top of the ticker, um, is they are not in very good form. Wolves, Arsenal, Burnley, Liverpool, Sheffield United. These are, these are not teams that are currently playing particularly well, and they are not teams who are scoring a lot of goals. So w- w- what this says to me is this instantly sets up a good kind of, kind of differential kind of upside chaser if you want to say kind of argument about do you do you take a punt on on a team like Wolves say who have an almost astonishing kind of run of fixtures of Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom and Brighton in in five of their next six Um, but but just almost never score more than kind of two goals a game Um, is it worth kind of backing the likes of kind of Pedro Neto who's been playing extremely well uh, or maybe one of their kind of wingbacks over someone at the kind of lesser lights, um, someone like a Leeds player. Uh, Leeds have an awful run, um, Sheffield United this week, but then Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Tottenham, really, really poor. So I think the, the teams that stand out, if you're if you're looking to kind of bring in, are definitely, you know, and I'm looking predominantly from next week rather than this week. And the reason I say that is because I think most people are, it's for back of the international break. You know, I know people have already made early transfers like maniacs, but generally speaking, I think it's always a good time to try and wait until the last minute and kind of ride the storm of the international break. I think a lot of people have got very strong benches, um, even without wildcard. I mean, my bench is currently looking at uh, like Trossard, Stones and, and, and Taggart, which is, you know, an extremely strong bench. Lots of people obviously kind of stacked themselves up uh, for blank game week 29 and benched a lot of kind of key assets, which means they've got a lot of good players there. So, so you know, even players who still have a wildcard left like me, 
um, have got a strong team for game week 30. And if, obviously, if you do have your wildcard left, you're probably playing it next week. So I think 31 to kind of 35 of the fixes to look at. Leicester, West Brom at home, Crystal Palace at home, Newcastle at home, and Southampton are away. And Southampton, good job we've, uh, you know, you know, got rid of Lucy. I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say got rid of Lucy. No, you're okay. You're all right. We, <laughs> we, we've just recorded our listeners. We've just recorded a getting to know you episode with Lucy Hynett. So that will be coming out later on in the week. Not let me get away with saying that Southampton away was probably the easiest away fixture. In no, she might have been butted in there at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, Leicester definitely stand out as, as a team. And they've got differentials away. In a Nacho is a huge differential. Vardy is still a huge differential. Um, their defence, because they've actually got a lot of injuries to their a lot of their key players, they you know they certainly stand out as a team who I think is worth worth investing in. Chelsea as well, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Fulham, definitely. I'm sure Mars um, or you, Don, will touch upon which players to pick from Chelsea. I hope someone will because they're a team I want to invest in, but I have no idea who to buy from. And and finally, just to kind of wrap up in terms of the, the teams at the bottom. What I find interesting is that very bottom of the ticker are Manchester City and Tottenham. Um, Tottenham seem to be bottom of the fixture ticker all season. Yet everyone has obviously still owned Kane and Son and everyone has profited from, from Kane or Son. We know that those two players, when fit, are, are completely fixture-proof. Um, Man City, for me, the big question is around motivation. The, I suspect the league title will be all but one uh, within the next three game weeks. After that, they play the Carling Cup uh, final, the FA Cup semi-final, and obviously they're still involved in the Champions League as well. Will they be motivated? Will Aguero be given a uh, you know a farewell over those last kind of three or four games of the season? So quite a few kind of decisions to make there, I think. But um, in terms of individual players, yeah, over to you guys. The yeah, I think the city point is a very good one, and I think it's one of those ones that we we'll probably need to watch for a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe even when they do clinch, um, we'll probably see some sort of pattern maybe developing. Um, after that, um, Aguero, as you mentioned, he announced they've announced there tonight that he's um that he's going to be leaving City at the end of the season, which we all kind of expected. So he could be definitely one for a last FPL hurrah towards the end of the season. Could be could be a lovely one to have in. Um, but come back to Chelsea, Marzi, um PJ mentioned there about Chelsea. They've a very nice run in. Um, they've also a very nice fixture in game week 30. So for people who are maybe who are wildcarding, it'll probably be worth it's maybe worthwhile. They're playing against West Brom this coming game week, so they're looking quite attractive for that. But first, um, but what's your thinking on the Chelsea assets? I know Alonso is an interesting one uh, to you. To, I want to kind of hear your thoughts on him because with there seems to be a bit of a trend, if I'm not wrong, with Tuchel that he picks Alonso in the um, against the teams who are maybe not as strong attacking wise. Um, so we might see a few returns from Alonso in the next couple of game weeks. Maybe. It's an interesting one with Chelsea. I've watched them since Tuchel come. I can't tell you that the team or anything that excites me about them, yet they actually have been doing really well, but without kind of like setting the world alight. Um, I think, look, you can't look beyond their, their, their clean sheet uh, ability uh, for the next fixture and for the future. They've kept a lot of clean sheets since he's his, his come along. Uh, and I think Rudiger at 4.6 is an absolute steal. I think he will play more sort of games. I think he trusts him more than more than the others. 
he might be rested for one or whatever, but he will play the majority of the games. And you can easily have a Brighton or a or a, or a cheap defender to, to, to cover him because he doesn't play, he won't come on unless there's an injury. That's that's the benefit with a player like Rudiger. Um, one player that really excites me, but I just don't know where to fit him in, is Mason Mount. I think he's um, uh, absolutely uh, un- under under uh, not undervalued. He's underrated by a lot of people just because he's a local lad that was given a chance by Lampard. Well, I think he's shown that he was doing well at Derby. He deserved the slot at Chelsea, and now he's kept his place under Tuchel and one of the most regular scorers. I don't have the numbers, but he's involved in a lot of things that they do. He's involved in set pieces, and he's been trusted. And I think he's, he's, he's a nice differential for people who are looking um, to, to, to break away from the Bruno, Salah, KDB, uh, Gundogan, um, Son midfield. Um, he could be a, a, different to, to, uh, a differential uh, Grealish when, when, if, when Grealish comes back. Um, another one that I think will be given a lot of... Ch- I think Tuchel right now, he wants to obviously solidify top, top four, for sure. Um, but I also... Th- think he wants to prepare his team to how they, he wants to play next season. And I think Werner will be give, given a lot of chances. I think uh, Werner is the kind of player who just who thrives on confidence and at the moment is shattered. He's, tra- he's starting to build it back. I can see him and Havertz getting a lot of minutes. Uh, definitely if Chelsea um, manage to cement that fourth place. But I think Werner could be um, among all those strikers because there's quite a few funnily enough, um, uh, at the higher end. And then you've got some at the mid, like middle to bottom end. Uh, but there, there seems to be a huge gap. So again, if you're looking for differential for me, um, it's not Giroud because uh, we, I, I love Giroud, but you'll get six points. With Timo, there's this, this potential of explosion somewhere that we're waiting for, but we haven't seen. Those for me are the three players that I would look at, uh, plus Havertz uh, is, is another one. Um, because he seems to be playing in that hole that I would look at. The rest, honestly, yeah, uh, Giorgino takes pens. Yeah, chose playing as a wing-back, but they just don't excite me. Don't excite me. Why is Mason Mount so hated? I find this, I don't I find, know. I find this pretty Because they didn't pay a transfer fee for him, I think. A lot of... Most players who are hated are, are obvious kind of cocks or kind of really arrogant, kind of strutting around. Like, I don't know, like... Deli Alley to name someone at complete random or a real you know just really niggly kind of play Mount just he seems like a consummate professional yeah um you know he 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 he's someone who could score goals he can create goals yes he's got a ridiculous haircut but who doesn't these days you know, we're <laughs> all he's, he's proved himself he's yeah. proved himself three times is it is it and I don't know so is it Chelsea fans or is it yeah. people who just kind of hate Chelsea who are kind of weighing in on that. I, I don't think it's the Chelsea fans. I, th- uh, well, I, th- I think, think some Chelsea fans, fans do, though. But, I, like, I weighed in like this, and I'm not saying that he's the same player as what Lampard was. But remember when Chelsea got the massive, you know, the Abramovich money came in and all that. And, yes, Lampard and Terry were the two that remained, and they pretty much replaced the entire team around them. In mm-hmm. a way, I think they're looking at all this influx of attacking talent, and they're... There, some fans, some less knowledgeable fans, essentially, are looking at it and going, um, this is just a guy who was loaned out to Derby. He doesn't have the pedigree, so eventually his lack of class won't show. So they're they're not as excited to see him in the team versus their high-money um, imports that they brought in. 
Because other than that, as you said, I think like he is looks like a brilliant, brilliant player. When like his goal against us was class. But in general, he seems to have everything, and he has the right attitude as well. But um, and yeah. and Tuchel definitely seems to have. Um, he seems to have won Tuchel over. Um, as uh, yeah, know, what completely he agree. Completely agree. Um, what, one one thing that I wanted to pick with 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 Pijan on what he said with regards to Leeds. Now I completely agree. Their fixtures, not 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 the best. But with their prices being potential first subs, but also the fact that I feel Leeds have absolutely nothing to play for apart from just now showing people what they're worth because they they, they they have survived. There's absolutely three to five teams that are way worse than them. They could go and finish as high as they want. Bamford will want to prove a point. And I just think that they have shown in even the tough fixtures, Liverpool, three goals away, um, they scored that two at United or I, I, I don't know if, if it was at United or at Leeds but they scored a couple versus United they drew with City obviously but I think they have shown that they are capable of scoring against anybody and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be rushing to sell I mean Bamford is over 50% on I wouldn't be rushing to sell those, those players I know you said that it, they've got dodgy pictures to, I think it comes down to your rank and, and to your decision making and uh, as all these things do and and where your risk management is. Let me, you know, let me put it another way, um, Mars. Providing he stays in the team, which he should do, given Barnes is likely out for the season, um, would you rather have Patrick Bamford against Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Brighton, Tottenham, or Inanacho against West Ham, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle? That's a huge. Why not both? That's a well, huge. Why not both? I'm looking well, at Ina Hatcher, but not to replace Bamford. So that's you know I'm looking at the fact that there, to a lot of people that decision will be you know. It could be yeah absolutely or Watkins Watkins is another one Watkins or Ina Ina Hatcher. Nobody absolutely. wants. Absolutely. He's ruined because Kylie owns him. The, the, the annoying <laughs> thing is they've got this bloody double game week. Just get it out of the way. So even as much mm, as I yeah, love him, but yeah, now okay. Grealish is coming back. Except you want to talk not... about Amars anyway? I think we forgot. But when when the hell is this Aston Villa? Is it Aston Villa? <laughs> They'll probably be no playing idea. Aston Villa against Everton, and they haven't actually played so far this season, if I'm not wrong. Uh, so they'll probably do a double header on a Wednesday and then a Sunday. It's like, it'll be like the NBA or something, you know. It'll be a home and away uh, double header. But yeah, no, I I agree. And with Leeds attacking, maybe like the, it's it maybe looks like one of those kind of clever moves, maybe off of Dallas, maybe to Rudiger would be kind of an easy one, or you know the likes of that. Defensively, I wouldn't be majorly keen on having anyone with that, with that run in PJ as you mentioned. But I do fancy Leeds to score against any of them. I wouldn't really think that any of them are going to you know completely negate the Leeds attack. They'll attack. They'll attack. For me, mm. because I've got I've I've got triple Leeds. I've had triple Leeds. For most of the season, so you need to downgrade out. a bit, yeah. yeah. And Bamford, and they've done me very well. But obviously, I, I'm, I'm wild carding, which we'll come on to later. I'm wild carding mm. next week in 31. I will only be keeping one of those three players. Mm. Uh, there's no way I'm carrying triple leads into those fixtures. I will probably keep Rafinha because he's, he, he's so involved. I mean, he's just, you know, there's no way, you know, with a great respect to Leeds fans, he's going to be there next season. He's just, he's a fantastic player. Um, he just creates so. So much, you know. I'm not one of the people who bangs on about bloody XGA, as you know. But the amount you just watch the games, the amount of chances he creates that that team misses. Mm. You know, a, a bigger club with with better 
better players around him, he, he will be, you know, he will be a, an absolutely astonishing asset next season. I truly believe that if he stays in the Premier League. Mm, yeah, exactly. Nice one, folks. So uh, let's move on to our listener questions. Over to you, Mersey. Yeah, sure. So um, one of our um, lovely friends, Lynn, uh, at Lynn underscore FBO. Can Jota cover for Salah in FBO? What happens when Firmino is back? So there's a lot of debate about, you know, Salah's out of form. Uh, to be honest, having he seen him... He scored a hat-trick running. tonight, I think, didn't he? Yeah, a, a brace or a hat-trick. But if, <laughs> I don't know if you saw what happened at the end, but basically all the kids were all over him with COVID and then Mane is in, 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 in a oh. closed room with the people around them and you think, oh, for goodness, for the love of God. So, yeah, we have to be careful around that. But, yeah, I mean, look, Liverpool... We talked about that. Liverpool features are turning. Yes, they're not in the best of form. I do think uh, we need the, the forwards to click. And I do think with Jota, um, we, we click better. We, we could see the four playing a lot with, with Firmino as well. But I can see Jota playing a key role. Would he? Would, would you say he could cover Salah? It, to be honest, for his, for his price... For his price, if you wanted to like have De Bruyne say up from Son in midfield, and you wanted to downgrade Salah to Jota, that kind of thing could work. Maybe as I don't think he's gonna he's gonna not gonna replicate what Salah does. But if you were looking at the, all the Liverpool forwards at the moment, I would probably have Jota at the top. If you just took out price price out of the equation, Jota I think will play a lot of games because he has been injured and he's you know he's he's more more in the tank. Um, and so I, w- I would, um, I'm thinking about it myself. I've kind of don't have Salah. I sold him a few weeks ago. Um, and he is potentially, I think I will be going the Jota direction. Your, your words there about, um, about Salah being swarmed by a load of kids when he's away in international duty, uh, hasn't filled me with any more confidence in, in Mo's, in Mo's ability to return me points. Um, <laughs> Mars, if you don't mind, I'm going to actually ask PJ a question that we got in from Reddit here. Um, just before you move on with more questions. Um, Bijit100 wants to know from, um, he said, why did Hindu Monkey block me on Twitter? I don't want them to unblock me. I just want to know the reason. Cheers. <laughs> what was his, uh, what was B- his B- name B- Bijit100, don't have a clue. But, but I, I have never heard of a Twitter account like that. But, uh, but he seems to think you might remember him anyway. The name does ring a bell. I, I'm, you know, but I only tend to block people who who um, are openly racist or, or kind of rabidly Tory. Um, <laughs> or you should say two are kind of kind of pretty much linked. Um, Welcome to the amigos. We try not to insult our listeners. Please don't say this. <laughs> this is this is a Tory free zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I, I don't know if, if you know he knows he knows my he knows my handle. Um, well, I, I suppose if I blocked him, he can't he can't contact me. But he could contact the three amigos. He could handle uh, and leave a message on there, and I will uh, I'll, I'll have a look. I'll, I'll unblock him and reach out to him. But he just I, said he doesn't giving, want you to unblock him. He just wants to know why you blocked him. <laughs> I'm all for giving people second chances. I'm I'm, firm, I'm a firm believer in second chances. We all make we all make mistakes. Look at this fucking season. You know, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, oh, like to give Shrewsbury who knows anyway yeah, maybe uh, right we move on FBL underscore Dave at clubs underscore grapes one of the funniest men on Twitter 
with with one of the nicest car. Definitely midlife crisis, Dave. And definitely. an incredibly handsome <laughs> son, we found out today. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, some of the comments on that picture. He looks like, like he, he looks like the actor crazy. who was in um, who played Anakin Skywalker. He de- yeah, yeah, he, he looks he looks straight out of Hollywood. Definitely, definitely takes after his mum, hundred percent. Who is the best Chelsea defender to get for the nice run? And is Alonso worth the risk? Now I know um, uh, only ninety in last four prem. So one of the things that I know, and I know we discussed Chelsea, but I talked to Rudiger and I never really touched on Alonso, which you asked me about, Don. But that was kind of I knew that there was a question coming uh, on from from Dave because he assured me it was the best question we're going to get. Which I don't think it is, by the way. But it's a good question. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, now, with regards to Alonso, look, I think Alonso an absolutely nice differential, absolutely nice punt for someone who's chasing in a team that guarantees clean sheet uh, most of the time, and especially with Alonso's uh, potential scoring pedigree. Uh, I think he will miss a game or two, but again, like I said, would Rudiger <clears throat> have a backup on the bench that you believe will play? There's a lot of cheap options that, that are playing. And just, I don't think he will come on. I think he will either play or not. That's what you see with Tuchel, that he does not really mess around with his defence. Mostly, most of the time, he either brings on a defender to add to the four that are on to, to, to consolidate the win, or is moving the forwards and, and the mids. So I think it's a nice differential. Uh, any different opinion, guys? So Rudiger it would be the one to go to. Alonso is a differential. Anything else? Any shouts for Asby or James? No. No, uh, I think... I think- Sorry, Don. Go on, no, go on, PJ. No, no I was just gonna say, you know, I think James is the real is is the real tempter. I think I think between the other three, you've got a nice balance there of somebody chasing to go for Alonso, somebody who's kind of um, kind of very safe and doesn't want to maybe spend a lot of money going for Rudiger, and someone who's who's maybe you know a little bit more upside, got a bit more cash to burn going going uh, Aspie, but. James is a real wild card because you know he's he's I think he's got the highest potential if he if he does play you know he's 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 got such a great delivery he bombs forward um but yeah you know he'll I think the the issue with James which puts me off is that unlike the other three and the comments you rightfully make Mars is that if Aspie or Rudica or even Alonso but particularly the first two aren't in the team they ain't going to come on but James has come off the bench a few times because he offers such attacking presence he can come on and play right wing and but offer a sense of uh, solidity so he's a huge risk but he's just he, he is the player if you could tell me who would play the most minutes or even start three out of the next four games I, I would pick James I think he's got the highest upside I think he's he's a phenomenal player interesting interesting cool uh, Jonathan Strike at J Strike One. What should I do with Bale and Son? Which I think a lot of people are in this. In in in, in this, we we fell for it maybe for the triple spares uh, attack. I'm I'm certainly one of those. Other midfielders that he has are Bruno, Jesse Lingard, and Bissouma. Spares to miss in game week 33, but also a possible day, double game week upcoming. But Bale's minutes are being managed. Uh, I'm looking to offload Bale. But to be honest, it all depends on on, on Son. So I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm mentioning this because I've got the same dilemma. If Son is fit, Bale is gone. Uh, he's my way into Bruno. Well, one of them will be my way into back into Bruno. Just bring him back, put him there, never send him again. Um, but what do you guys think? I don't think you have the triple. Um, I might be wrong. Uh, what do you think with regards to Bale? I, I 
Bale's um, minutes and do you, do you feel the last game he's fallen out with Mourinho and we know what Jose is like if something goes wrong took him out because he wasn't chasing back and now is he going to be punished and never playing again or do you think uh, Newcastle are one of the worst teams around probably going down triple special attack is the way to go to be honest, like I got in Bale, you know, a couple of weeks ago as a little bit of a kind of differential punt. As much as I was free hitting in 29, I thought I wanted to get in Bale a little bit early um, because I fancied him. Then, of course, Mourinho did what Mourinho does and um, the team kind of blew up a little bit. But like Bale looks like pretty much the archetypal player who Mourinho will despise because he gets injured, doesn't somehow play through every injury he has like real men do, and also doesn't track back. So he, and he wears a man bun. So, I mean, he looks like pretty much Mourinho is going to despise him. So, yeah, I think he's a liability for... I have him in at the moment. I planned on kind of keeping him around. I wasn't just bringing him in for the couple of weeks. Um, but he looks like he's the kind of player now that instead of getting 60 minutes and coming off after scoring, he's basically going to be brought on like for 15 minutes to go at best, um, and it's a lot of money to tie up on him. I echo what you said with Son. If Son is back, switch straight over. If I want to keep spur, double spurs, uh, switch straight over to Son. Um, otherwise, it's an easy downgrade to the likes of Jota, um, and just basically to you know to get a bit of a Liverpool attack in there as well. Um, yeah, I, Bale wouldn't be one I'd be keeping at the moment because you just can't trust her. Yeah, PJ, anything to add? No, I think that's just um, pretty much summed up by Don there. You know, com- com- completely agree on that. Yeah. Cool. And uh, our last question is from FBL Orquil at FBL Orquil. Could you talk through a one-week punt in midfield that isn't Bruno, Rafina, or Uba? Uh, like you, PJ, he is wildcarding in game week 31. No budget issues. Cheers, boys and girl. Monkey, if you were looking to punt on a player, who would it be? No budget restrictions. Yeah, well, I think I think I think Chelsea kind of kind of stand out as we've already said. So I I think someone like kind of Mason Mount or it's it's a difficult it's a difficult team sheet to predict. So I think that's I think I think that's a kind of tricky one with with kind of going for a Chelsea, particularly if you're looking for a midfielder. I would say Everton as well. If you want to go a bit of high risk, um, uh, James Rodriguez has has been putting out a few comments saying that he's fully fit. He's not going on international duty. So he's kind of stayed there, him or Sigerson against Crystal Palace, who looks to just have given up uh, at home. Everton still fighting for top four. So I think that's a very good standout option. Uh, and then they the need other, to break that home record, that awful home record at the moment, right? They they do, they do. But I think a lot of that is kind of one of those things that they just need something to kind of go their way. And they often start yeah. this match very well. And then, you know, they, they get kind of crushed by, by kind of something. So... Um, the other two fixtures I would pull out uh, are Leeds um, against Sheffield United. I imagine he, almost everyone has has Rafinha by now. But if you don't have uh, triple Leeds, I think it's worth worth looking at potential kind of Harrison um, as a double up there against against Sheffield United. I think Leeds will go for the jugular um, against Blades in that match. And, and finally, um, again Tottenham, um, who are playing you know Newcastle, who. Steve Bruce is I mean, just you know, you know just sighing even thinking about it is somehow still their manager 
So, um, again, I think Lucas Mora, I'm not sure he's gone on international duty, but if he hasn't, um, Lucas Mora is someone, as a kind of cheap punt, I would I would definitely look at that. He was the best Brazil, player. Brazil didn't have a game, so he wouldn't have gone. He, make, uh, he was the best player in Spurs last game. He was the best player in the Europa League game as well. One of the few players to come out of credit there. I think he's 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 an excellent punt. Did you get him on your free hit, Don? I know, I know Dave did. He was very proud of himself. No, but instead Don had uh, people like Lacazette and uh, mm. and, uh, and and Cole that uh, you know got him uh, th- those those points. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Few, few options there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, look, I'll, 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 Liverpool Arsenal games are always uh, intriguing. Uh, Jota, I think, could be could be a nice uh, one week punt if you if you're wild carding uh, or, or, or Salah because it's not one of the names that he didn't want on there. Um, I think. I think it's going to be an open game, and I think uh, the Arsenal defense is there to, to get at, especially if they insist on playing from the back. I think if we if we are on top of our game and we press them, we will make them make mistakes. So I mean, it feels like a low-scoring game, Matt, to me. You know, Arsenal tend to keep these top games low-scoring, and you're not scoring at all. So yeah, I I think we I think uh, we we need to, to to we will continue to try and tighten at the back, which means that we'll hold back a little bit. But I think I think, and maybe it's just hoping, uh, uh, you know, as a fan that last nine last nine games will just give it, will give it everything now that we have, uh, you know, um, try try and get to that, try and get fourth place, go 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 all out or, or, or just completely miss it. No, no, I, don't, I wouldn't care either way. I would rather lose games three two trying to score more than uh, sit, sit back and uh, draw nil nil or, or 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 you know or lose one nil. Yeah. Exactly. It's not our style. No, nothing to lose now. Great stuff. Is that all we have? That is all we have. Over back to you, Don. Great stuff. Thanks a million, Mersey. So we move on to the final section of our show, which is, of course, our captain picks and our transfer plans. Uh, PJ, I'll come to you first on it. I know that you're planning as of now on wildcarding next week. Um, but uh, let me let us know your thoughts. What could kind of change that might change that plan for you, and um, who is likely to be your captain this game week? Uh, thanks, Don. I don't think anything can change my mind in terms of wild carding next week, just because I think the fixture shift is so is so stark next week in terms of um, teams, as we've already discussed, like kind of Leicester, Chelsea, uh, Wolves, even Liverpool, that I have almost you know no assets from. So, um, you know, with my kind of derisory rank, um, I want to be, you know, kind of chasing that upside and getting seven or eight players in for those teams who have really good fixtures, which those without a wild card obviously won't be able to do. So so this leaves me in a, in a position of obviously taking a complete punt this week. But as I kind of mentioned earlier on in the show, I've got a curious situation whereby I already have a massive bench issue with kind of Trossard and Stones kind of already on my bench. So... I'll wait until the dust settles and all the international minutes, but my punt this week is still is definitely going to be for a Chelsea player, that, that West Brom home match. And it will either be Mason Mount um, in midfield. I've got a slight concern over his international minutes. Uh, and obviously Chelsea are still fighting in, in the Champions League. And we know that there's a manager there who loves to rotate. So it might be, given how, how shite West Brom are going forward, I, I do indeed plump for a bit of a Marcus Alonso um, kind of action or, or Aspilicueta. It'd be, it'd be one of those three players, I think, from Chelsea who will be my my transfer in. 
As for the captain, it's been on Rafinha from, from day one, and I don't really see any evidence to um, sway that. Again, international minutes will be checked. Kane, I know, will be popular uh, away to Newcastle, but his away form is nowhere near as strong as his form is at home. And I just think Rafinha, in, in a game that I think Leeds will be so up for, local derby, um, the chance to essentially relegate Sheffield United, um, I, I think they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, have, have a real bit between Matifa and I think Rafinha is a, is a great captain this choice. Yeah, good stuff. Um, couldn't agree more. Um, Marzi? What about yourself? Um, what are you looking like doing this this game week? Yeah, Bruno was always coming back with those United fixtures. Um, so it's it's about getting him back now. I want to go back to my lovely template midfield that I uh, dismantled before. Uh, it, it funny it took me all the way, it took me took me up and when I took them out brought me down. So uh, there we go. Uh, most likely, uh, yeah, Ricardo Pereira. Thank you. Uh, very much for for your appearances and the excitement that you gave me in my wild card. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, actually, no, I that. sold him already. I sold him last week. It's not, he became <laughs> dunk. He became dunk. That's how important he was to me. Uh, basically, it's operation free money off the bench now because you know how much I hate that. So basically, it's going to be Bale or Son uh, plus uh, dunk for Mitchell and Bruno. And Mitchell just sit on the bench. Mm. And um, uh, now, do you think you're going to captain Bruno? No. Uh, at the moment, it's on Kane. It'd probably be between Kane and Bamford. I can't decide which one, I, which way I want to go. Completely agree with you on the Leeds one. Without the fans, I don't think. And uh, I, I guarantee you now, if you ask Rafinha, do, do you know, do you know where Sheffield United are? He wouldn't have a clue with regards to the derby. Now, whether the, the local Leeds boys, of course, they'll be up for it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but nonetheless, he's a great player and a great option. Um, I, but I don't know. I just have this thing about forwards. I I tend to captain forwards more unless it's one of the premium midfielders, um, and I just wonder if with with triple leads is that enough differential? Don't put your eggs in all in one basket in case they have a day off. Go for somebody else. I'll decide near the time. Again, I agree with 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 PJ on uh, you know international minutes. See what happens. See the feedback. Is Son back? Son back is key. If Son is not back, I probably won't captain Kane to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, myself, I have a little bit of a dilemma. I'm after coming out of a free hit, and you know, frequently when you come out of a free hit team, you're looking at your current team and not entirely sure what to do. I've obviously just the one transfer. Um, my team at the moment, I have Foden and Cancelo in there, and I also have Bale on the bench. Now, that main issue with that is that it leaves me a little bit kind of nervous in terms of minutes. That could be looking at three potential just sub appearances. Um, but my my other my thoughts process is really I want to get in Alonso in defence ideally, um, and but and I already have Havertz in midfield from Chelsea, so I'm quite ha- happy enough with my attacking from um, my, my attacking representation from Chelsea. But yeah, I, it's one of those ones where this season, when I haven't been sure, I've rolled a transfer and it's paid me in good stead. And at the moment, it's either Bale coming out and um, and bringing in Jota maybe, um, but. But yeah, it's it's a little bit up in the air at the moment. There's a couple of players I want. Alonso's a player I want. Jota's a player I want. It just depends. I may well roll it over and just do two free transfers next week and avoid taking any hits for someone I might just have on my bench. Uh, Captain C has been on Kane for 
for since basically my um, I set my bus team before the game week, and uh, but but that Rafinha Rafinha was my captain last week, and I love owning him. Not that sure about whether I'm going to captain him two weeks running though. Um, so yeah, at the moment it's on Kane, and it likely will stay there unless I see something that um, it, it, the Son news is massive because, as you said, it does majorly pay into how much we can expect from Kane if Son is playing. Um, that's all we got time for on tonight's podcast, lads. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars zero five, PJ, who you can find at Hindu Monkey. Myself, you can find at the Marple Curse, and of course the absent Kylie, who you can find at Kylie FPL. Find our group account, of course, at Three Amigos FPL on Reddit and indeed on Twitter. Thanks a million for listening. Best of luck in Gaming 30. Adios, amigos. Hold up. 